Hey, Jessica. Hello. Hello to you, my oh, wife. Oh, it's so good hello. to see you again. It, it's so I miss good. you when we're not podcasting. <laughs> I know. It's really a shame that we only get to hang out for this, these like two hours. That's why our episodes are so long. Yeah. When people on Patreon, not Patreon, but when people on <laughs> iTunes reviews are like, oh, the podcast is too long. How long you, ago you, was that? You keep harping on that. And I feel like that was like one review from well, years Well, they got to, un- I hope they understand that Speaking of course of, the have- podcast is long. It's my only chance to spend time with you. All right, Mr. Buzz Buzz over there. Speaking oh. of, we have not gone over our uh, our iTunes reviews in a while. Do we have new ones? Probably not. I'm just oh, checking. Our, our iTunes reviews? Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought of it. Like, let's let's start the show off on a nice foot. I'm sure everything's gonna be a okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a while. Here we go. I just realized I left the little. We have one of those little like desktop waterfalls over on the uh, coffee table, and if so, if you hear a little tinkling of water in the background, that's what it is. I just realized the mic might be picking it up. That's okay. I think we've read all these. DiGiorno Pizza. In August, said Jess and Dan are great hosts, and their format doesn't get old. I love exploring fan-made content and hearing about obscure band knowledge, especially from two life, from two long-time fans. Thank you. And then SC Bain was in April, so I feel like we definitely read that. Yeah, and then there's the negative comments that were like, "You're you're trying to strip the spiritual Christian side out of the songs." Oh boy, wait until you get around to this week's song. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. I'm excited because for once, it's going to be you trying to strip the spiritual side out of a spiritual song. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what it is? It's just I'm already going to dive into it. I thought okay, and then I, we'll come back to top of the show. Business. Okay, yeah. So I thought you did this intentionally, and I realized that was not it. This was a listener requested song, but we are doing the two of the exact same song back to back. This right. is literally the same song we did last week. Right. I mean, thematically, lyrically, it's thematically, the same. Lyrically, song. it is the same song, and again, it's like you had to pick one off of uh, f- uh, five score, and so you left this one off to put that one on. Right, because technically this, on our spreadsheet, this is marked as a Bird and the B-Side song. So I wouldn't have done two five-score songs so close together. But yeah, this is basically an outtake from five-score. So we'll get into that. But yeah, they were doing this week Hope for Every Fallen Man, which is also known simply as Fallen Man. Also known as Forgiven. (laughs) Also known as Forgiven (laughs) 2, which is the opposite of Unforgiven 2 by Metallica. Uh, This... We're doing because Jacqueline, who started following us on, started listening to us in the last couple months and like marathoned our entire episode. What do you call a podcast? What do you call like a discography or a filmography for a podcast? Our entire podography. (laughs) She just like went through really quickly. And we never played, she would send us voice messages. Over the last several months, and she was like really like deep diving and listening to the episodes and constantly sending us notes and thoughts on every episode. And we have never brought it up here because Jacqueline has sent them as like Instagram 
voice memos, which I can't export. I mean, I guess I could have played them. But the other thing about uh, Instagram DM voice memos is they expire. So it's not like I just have them saved up. So anyway, Jacqueline's been super supportive listener. She's great. And we, this is her favorite song, and she's been looking forward to this song. So when we announced that we were doing Forgiven last week, she was like, oh, I thought, because I think I dropped a hint that it was going to be about forgiveness. The song was going to be about forgiveness. So she thought we were doing this song, which is her favorite. And I was like, oh, no, sorry, we'll do it next week. I didn't realize, just like you, how this is basically Forgiven too. Well, you know, Danny, when you think about it, since Reliant K is a spiritual-based band, every song is really about forgiveness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not taking the Christ out of Christmas. You bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> I was simply stating in the cold open that this song is very similar to the last song. And clearly that it's based off of a issue with a friend. Right. And he also brings God into it and is like, does the exact same analogy where he's like, I'm not the one who's going to judge you. It's, it's God that's going to judge you. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to that. I just fired up the Bluetooth so we can listen to the voicemails that we do have. So here's one from Bjorn calling. Hey, Tiz and Dan, it's Bjorn from Washington, and I really like the song Forgiven, especially the part with the upstroke guitar, like that that part, pretty epic. Um, so you were talking about uh, who the song might be about, whether it's uh, Catherine Hudson or uh, maybe Brian, but I actually happen to know exactly who the song's about. Uh, it was actually a pretty big scandal there's at least one other song written about this person. Uh, you're saying that the person uh, allegedly said some things about Matt Thiessen. Uh I also happen to know what those things were. So this person uh, was a fan, uh, apparently from Canton, and... Uh, Apparently, uh, Matt Thiessen doesn't even know the guy, and uh, this person doesn't know Matt Thiessen either, but somehow uh, they had a bit of a conflict. Glad they got it resolved, but uh, yeah, that person, his name uh, is Dan Bakaitis. Uh Yeah, it's a really interesting story. <laughs> he had me going. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> the whole time, I'm like... I don't even know he why. He didn't have me going. At first I was like, oh, oh, is his name uh, Chris? Does he have green and or pink hair? And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's Dan Bakaitis. And then he said yeah, Dan went to, when he said <laughs> When he said Matt Thiessen didn't even know him and he didn't know Matt Thiessen, my brain started to tickle. I'm like, oh, this is a thing. But I still was... <laughs> I still was kind of on the ride. There's a couple seconds left in the voicemail, so let's see. Let's see how he's like, gotcha. You've been Bjorned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Uh, Thanks for podcasting. See you later. Bye. (laughs) You forgot to say you've been Bjorned. Well, that's amazing. Do you have one more voicemail? Hold on, sorry. (laughs) Jessica was like, getting up to the microphone i'm like wait wait, wait, we got one more voicemail but that's amazing i was totally totally invested and kind of was like (laughs) expecting something there 
Um, yeah. And that's funny that he... Oh, so when he said there's... See, that's what tripped me up. I'm trying to remember... I'm, I'm like... It literally just unfolded after over the last three minutes. But I'm like, it was a roller coaster ride of emotions. Because when he said there's one other song about this person, I was like... Oh, it must be hope for every fallen man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cuz I was believing it. I didn't think for a second that he was talking about uh I can't even think what the name of the Dan Bakaitis song is now. Our listeners have a very specific sense of humor and I'm here for it. <laughs> well, you are always telling me that my completely dry sense of humor where I just say a lie. <laughs> And no one's going to get it, and everyone thinks it's sincere. True. I do think a lot of people think I'm sincere um, when I say something that is, like, so caked in sarcasm that you can't even tell. Today. There's different levels of sarcasm, Danny, and you just take it to, like, the nth degree. Well, today. Oh, boy. I was going. I didn't do it. Don't worry. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. That's the Dan Bakaida song. I couldn't take it for a second. Um, this week. Air for Free was repressed on vinyl, right? We already yeah. have a copy, so we didn't need one. But I th- <laughs> I was this close to pressing tweet, and then I heard Jessica's voice in my ear. <laughs> the tweet that you have I- a small Jessica perched on your shoulder. <laughs> the tweet that I wrote, I, I was going to quote tweet uh, SMLXL, their announcement. Because I'd already retweeted Reliant K's announcement. So I was going to quote tweet SMLXL Vinyl. And I was going to say, guys, I'm still waiting for a refund or replacement for my Air for Free Vinyl from years ago where you got the track list wrong. That's funny. <laughs> but I knew I, the little Jessica on my shoulder was like, everyone's going to think you're serious. Like when my really, really deep, sarcastic, you know what? Ironic... I actually might've let that one slide. Right. That was, that was, that was, that was funnier than, than my groan would, would let on. So I peeled the onion of sarcasm off it and I just tweeted something to the effect of, and so I re, I rethought it. Okay. And I'm like, I just posed a question. I'm like, what if it turns out, I tweeted this. I'm like, what if it turns out that, the 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 track list on the air for free vinyl was a mistake and then they just tried to act cool like it was on purpose okay that's because good. i, I like heard that. the little jessica's being like no one's <laughs> gonna get it and whenever i tweet a really really deeply sarcastically covered joke it gets like two likes and i'm like i know why it got two likes part of me doesn't care because that's my sense of humor so i really don't care everyone needs a jessica on their shoulder when it comes to social media like do you really need to tweet this do you think this is going to be taken the right way are you going to be proud of this later yeah i'll be proud of it later (laughs) see at least i know that like our listeners and by extension relying k fans have more of a specific kind of sense of humor Whereas, like, MXPX fans, through doing MXPX <laughs> memes, like, when I get that, like, layered in sarcasm with a thing... Oh, they don't get you at all. They don't get it at all. No. I've talked about it on the, sh- on the podcast yeah. before. Like, if I do something that's purposefully wrong, purposefully incorrect, I get so many um actuallys or so many people mad. How, how do you do over on Five Iron Frenzy, Dan? Well, that's a whole different thing. The Fiber and Frenzy Facebook group is like, can get so disgusting and weird with like 
gross food stuff that people post and everything. Oh wow! So I can I can kind of almost post anything over there. <laughs> like I can take my darkest ideas and post it oh, to the Fire Iron Frenzy Facebook group. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that makes me feel better because your darkest ideas, if it's just gross food stuff, that makes me well, feel a lot better about you stuff. as a person. If that's yeah. like, if you think that that's dark and that's maybe where the darkest things your mind goes to is. Well, let's see what I've posted to the Five Iron Frenzy Facebook oh, group recently. No. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. Okay. So I posted, I posted um, this thing. Did you see this meme where, because people are mad about the African-American lady who's been cast as Ariel, right? So... Somebody came out with this oh, thing <laughs> where it's the rebel flag and then oh, it's Ariel no. in front of it and it says, don't take away my history. Whoever oh. made this, it's clearly a joke. <laughs> right. But they're actually facing the same thing that I face, but from the wider world. So, of course, where you see this got this is one of this was a trending tweet where somebody tweeted, don't ever log into Facebook. Worst mistake of my life. And it's this this meme that says, don't take away my history. Don't. But I look at that and that's clearly a joke. It's clearly a joke. Clearly, but then you look or maybe at, I've just lived with you for too long. I'm like, that's clearly a joke. But then you look at the replies to this as a, oh, as a no. viral tweet and people, people think it's sincere. It's not sincere. So I went to five. So I tweeted and then I screen get grabbed it and put it to Fiverr and Frenzy's Facebook group. I wrote, everyone debating if this meme is sincere or not are still searching eBay for a copy of Christ for Arms. Remember Christ for Arms? The fake VHS tape? It was a fake VHS tape, but it was made to look really real. Yes, 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 Like, it was a pretty good job of making a fake-looking VHS tape I mean, a fake VHS tape look really real. But so many people were like, oh, I've been searching on this. I'm like... It's not real. It's not real. The number one thing why I knew Christ for Arms was fake was because it says, like, three new EDM songs by Daldo on the bottom, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Daldo does the songs for this fake EDM artist, does the songs for this fake children's Christian movie. But I'm like, the phrase EDM didn't exist in the days of VHS. Right. Electronic music certainly did, but calling it EDM did not exist in the days of of, uh, VHS. So that person got sort of... uh, you know, they, with their little, I'm trying to see what else I posted. Ah, the internet, where you can find like-minded individuals that without the internet, you may never find, but also where you find everyone else who 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 is not at all like-minded or understands your sense of humor. On the I Hate Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group on August 26th, I posted, actually, the greatest Christian ska band was Fundy in the kids' table. I don't get it. Fundy is short for fundamentalist Christian. Oh, Fundy okay. and the kids table. Gotcha. It's genius. I love it. Oh, I reposted this. I think you shared this with me. Veggie tapes. Yeah. And it's a bunch of Veggie Tales tapes in yeah, the ground. That's cute. But I'm trying to look for something that's like so. Is there any other top of the show oh, business? Oh, or is oh, this oh. Dan. The dabbing kid. Right. There's two oh, girls fighting. Okay. So the meme format you may have seen. It's two girls having a girl fight in the sand. And then in the background is this kid who's like just smiling while he's taking a dab and you show what the two things fighting are. And then what the kid like dabbing and just smiling and watching is saying, can't think of like a classic format for this. It's like two groups that are fighting and someone That's who just sits on the side. That's not appropriate for this podcast, podcast. Well, I wrote, we call that sports money. The two girls fighting are evangelicals and ex-evangelicals and the dabbing kid who's just watching smiling is lukewarm lukewarm Christians. 
<laughs> um, Sadie Hawkins pod, notable lukewarm Christian. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, perp- I'm I've posted a lot of reposts of memes that I found that are relevant that feel relevant but uh or I wrote sure they serve breakfast in hell they sure <laughs> shit I messed it up sure they serve breakfast in hell they serve skillet wow <laughs> I get it I do I do get it okay I've, I've had enough of your memes for now Dan let's get into the song if there's no other top of the show business um <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I like this song. I like wait, the original wait, 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 wait. We got another voicemail. <laughs> I asked if there was any more top of the show business. You had your chance. This was all the top of the show business. So here's another voicemail. Josh from Church Jams Now actually sent an email voicemail like two weeks ago, but oh, it was wow. in the spam filter. And oh, thank no. goodness Josh DM'd and said, hey, did you ever get my voicemail? And I was like, no. And then I checked the spam and there it was. So here's that voicemail. Hey, Danny. Hey, Jess. This is Josh. I just finished listening to the Heartache episode. That's one of my favorite Reliant K songs. I think it was my favorite song from that entire year. Danny, you were spot on with that U2 guitar sound. What it is, is it's a dotted eighth delay, which The Edge popularized on their 1984 album, The Unforgettable Fire. And since then, he's used it so much that it's really just become synonymous with U2, which is why you know it as the U2 guitar effect. Um, I know it as the Angels and Airwaves effect. <laughs> just kidding. Someone else did call up in the time that I was missing Josh's voice memo to explain that, but Josh gave way more detail, so that's great. And there's still more voicemail. It's a really easy effect to overuse, but Hoops uses it really tastefully on this song to create a nice rhythmic bed for his guitar. Also, thanks for that Church Jams Now shout out. I thought that was a funny meme to make whenever Norma Jean came out with their new record that also the last song is titled Heartache. And fun fact, I think both songs are my favorite songs on their respective albums. Jess, you read that entire Indivision music review of Air for Free. I actually wrote that six years ago. So hearing that was... What the fuck? Oh, no! (laughs) What? Did we say anything bad? Oh, no! This is always... We've said it before. I'll say it again. This is my worst nightmare. I read something and I'm like, oh, no somebody who has listened wrote that see we have i have we have one real life punk news friend and that's greg from this might be a podcast but right? he's not touching but, the but we K. made sure and we actually had him on the podcast and we're like these aren't you right i'm like okay good those aren't him the the relying k reviews on punk news so we're like we're good we're safe there not for one second did i think and i don't know why did i think that we would know anyone who had worked with indivision who had worked with indivision music and i have Visited Indie Vision, and oh, I'm also thinking of Jesus. I'm mixing up Jesus Freak Hideout in my mind right now, but no, Indie Vision and Jesus Freak Hideout. Like, do we know anyone that works at Jesus Freak Hideout? I'm so I'm so overwhelmed because I'm like, what did I say? Did I make fun of that review? <laughs> so hearing that was a blast from the past. It's nice to know that things still making some rounds somewhere. Danny, I know you had some qualms with my Star Wars comparisons, but keep this in mind. This was 2016. That's it right. Was Star Wars when Danny, you went so hard at it. <laughs> That's oh, right. No. That's right. Well, you know what? I was right. Well, he's saying oh, it right no. here. This is before the trilogy, the quote unquote oh, so tr- sequel trilogy. It's not even a trilogy. It's just a collection of moments. I just want to say that if you write any of these articles and you hear us (laughs) and we like rip them apart, 
And like, I believe me, we are more mortified when you call us out <laughs> on it than you were of hearing us rip it apart. Oh, I'm comfortable. I'm fine. Okay, I am then. <laughs> Just know you've made me feel deeply regretful <laughs> and uncomfortable. Hey, I thought I'm the only one that makes you feel deeply regretful. <laughs> Feels like you're emotionally cheating on me. That was before the rest of the sequel trilogy happened. A lot of us, and I especially, were probably a little too optimistic about what was going to happen for the whole sequel trilogy. Based on your reactions, it sounds like we're probably in similar spaces with how we feel about that. But unlike the sequel trilogy, I think Heartache and Air for Free have both aged extremely well. Uh, like Jess said, it's also one of my favorite Reliant K songs. I hope it's not the last song we get that closes out a proper Reliant K LP, but if it is, I think it does a wonderful job. This was a great episode, guys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. I just want to say that I happen to really like The Force Awakens. In fact, I tweeted at the time. It's probably still out there. I don't know. I've been on Twitter in months, but it's probably still out there that I was like, this is great. Thanks, J.J. Abrams, for for giving me a, a, a female Jedi that I can look up to because I wanted to be like a Jedi as, as a young yeah, girl. Yeah, I remember feeling that so, for sure. Yeah. I remember feeling that when we saw... The, it was definitely like we came out and there was like, oh, I like this. And Danny was like, this is just a retread of the first. <laughs> I did not say that when I walked out. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Don't you lie, Daniel Leary. <laughs> um, I was excited. I was I was like, oh, my, my love of Star Wars has been renewed because I don't know if we've talked about this a lot on the podcast or not. But I was like a massive, massive Star Wars fan as a young young uh, tween and teen girl when the prequels were coming out I was super into it I was like bullied because of my my fandom because it was not cool to like Star Wars then especially if you were a girl especially if you like wore like a necklace that had the logo on it that I don't know where I got from like that said Star Wars and went around saying may the force be with you to people that wasn't cool so yeah yeah, no, I remember when we saw Force Awakens, I had this feeling, I, I did not, I don't think I walked out saying that was just a retread. I think it took me a day or two to realize it was basically a, like, trace over of A New Hope, which I realized, and at the time I thought, that makes sense, because they're kind of resetting. It's It's easy to think, like, where we are now with the toxicity in Star Wars from both sides, from the people who are so toxic about wokeness and how bad it is, but then people who are kind of rightfully upset about just how, like, little care was really put into those as a trilogy. And then the other side of it, of, like, people who are toxic about don't be toxic. It's just, it's just, it's, it's Chernobyl. Like, you don't even want to go near it. But, the whole fandom, but... I remember when we left Force Awakens, the first time we saw it, feeling actually kind of emboldened and happy that Rey was such an interesting character in that first movie, because I knew you, and I knew, and I, and I, Daisy Ridley, like something about Daisy Ridley in that movie, just in that, with no idea what was going to happen in the future of the series, just like, like, interested in all the mystery boxes of her story that J.J. Abrams set up, all that stuff, I was totally into it. And knowing that it was actually a kind of character that you would have loved 
as a kid and feeling that through you, it meant a lot. And that's one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why I really disliked The Last Jedi was because I felt like I understood what Brian Johnson was going for because I agreed with one of his points of it is like we're too built up in nostalgia and we have to like move past this nostalgia that Disney is also trying to ram down our throats. Let's do something new in this universe. He was right about that. But the way that he burnt everything down that was good, like Ray's character and and uh, Poe's character, like Poe was like, he's like the first, no, Finn, sorry, Finn and Poe, I get their names mixed up all the time. Finn, like he was completely, I mean, the actor is like, John Bodega's like, so done with it because like his character was built up to be this thing and then it was completely shoved to the side that's part of the reason why i was so disappointed with the last jedi like she didn't have to be the daughter the granddaughter of the emperor like she didn't have to be the daughter or granddaughter of anyone we'd already known but the way that they just like kind of like just like chucked her out like her story out and like her 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 background story doesn't matter like no her background story matters we care about this character up until this movie listen of all she's not mary sue no and (laughs) of all of the the new rebooty uh films continuation films that came out in 2015 16 that were female led (laughs) and were really major parts of my childhood uh force awakens was not the one that that completely ruined it right that was who who you gonna call to ruin that side of your childhood we watched thor love and thunder no (laughs) no stop telling chris hemsworth he's funny he's not funny He's not funny. Stop. We went into Ghostbusters 2016 and Jessica was like, Jessica had loved Ghostbusters as a child. I think we've talked about this before, but it's probably been years. She loved Ghostbusters as a child. Dressed up as a female Ghostbuster for Halloween, was told I couldn't be a Ghostbuster because I was a girl. So it meant a lot for there to be female Ghostbusters. So you have to understand that that means that that movie is a massive piece of shit. Because Jessica was so upset with all of, like, the base, like, badly, like, it's barely a story, like, the characters don't hold together, like, the humor is so tedious. Like, if you like 2016 Ghostbusters, if you like The Last Jedi, that's fine. But it's like, it, like, the Ghostbusters movie, like, the indignity of it hurt Jessica. (laughs) Like, she wanted to be a female, I'm sorry I'm speaking for you when this is your thing, but this hurt me. Like, I was, I was actually so mad at the way ghostbusters hurt you that week we saw it that i was checking the box office every day hoping for it to bomb i'm not even kidding i didn't do this with last jedi because i was like last jedi is going to succeed no matter what and at the time we left last jedi i was like did i like that but we left ghostbusters 2016 so in a daze that i really honestly at work every day would like check in on the tracking the like just hoping it wouldn't do well enough damn it connor daddy why did you bring up star wars again <laughs> oh, i'm gonna oh need goodness. more of this oh goodness i'm gonna need more of this if we're gonna keep <laughs> podcasting but yeah i used to be i i know it seems like because i'm so like adverse to like talking about it and it seems always brings up bad things when it comes up i used to be a super huge fan i used to have a ton of stuff i had like 
walls, like shelves of uh, memorabilia and stuff. And uh, re- remember, remember after after we got married, Dan, how how I had all that cool prequel stuff, and and we were trying to pare down because we were getting married. And who who was it that was like, just get rid of this stuff? It's dumb. It's never it's never going to be worth anything. It's just it's just silly. I, it was the prequel stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll never ask you to get rid of. I don't ask you to get rid of anything ever again, ever. Like I'm like I'll I'll look at something and I'll be like I'll be like Jessica, do you want to get rid of this thing? I'll pick something up and she's like, mm, and I'll be like, nope. <laughs> like if the answer isn't an immediate, oh, I don't care about that. I'm like, nope, because I don't ever want to hear that I made you get rid of something that had a special <laughs> meaning ever again. So hope for every fallen so man. So I hope that you will forgive me. And <laughs> there's a hope for every fallen Dan who made Jessica get rid of things from her childhood. This song came out packaged with Must Have Done Something Right, the right. single on iTunes. Now, I had the plain green album art version that says, in parentheses, bonus version. Right. That was the single that I bought from iTunes ahead of time that I distinctly remember. So I don't but- know if that one had the original version of no, this song with it. I it don't didn't. Think so. I think it just... And, and I mean, Apple has gone through so many switch ups that like maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But the wiki shows the album art as being the one with the colored silhouettes where it's the five members like cut out in different colors on a white background. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that has the so song. I don't know if so there were multiple, multiple we versions even, released to iTunes. Well, well we but. haven't even set this up for people who don't even know this. But Hope for Every Fallen Man is a track off of the second half of Bird and the B-Sides. The second half is called Bird and the B-Sides. This is a B-Side, not an original song recorded for Nashville, Tennessee P. It's acoustic on Bird and the B-Sides. And labeled as such. And labeled as such. Because the electric full rock version was released, as Jessica just said, as a B-Side on iTunes with Must Have Done Something Right. And... As far as I can tell, you can't get the original rock version anymore. It's kind of relegated to being a real uh, rarity for Reliant K. And it was originally just called Fallen Man when it was the full rock version, which was the first one released. But it was released as a digital only, although I'm going to look on Discogs in a second, based off of what you just said. It was released as a digital only B-side. Then it turns up on Burden the B-sides in this acoustic version, which I don't think had been previously released. There's other acoustic versions of songs on Burden the B-Sides, like Up and Up, but those original rock versions are also available. So it's really weird that, like, canonically, to almost, to what I would assume is the majority of Reliant K fans, to myself, because I always forget that the rock version existed, to the majority of Reliant K fans, this song canonically exists as the acoustic version. And if people probably see acoustic you know parentheses acoustic on this track list on burden the b-sides and they're like well of course it's acoustic it's the only version of the song it's like no there's this other version that disappeared from the official release internet what's weird is that i remember the full version of this so i'm like even though i had the the green album art version of must have done something right I distinctly remember having Fallen Man specifically as Fallen Man in my iTunes at the time. Right. Now, again, 
iTunes isn't even iTunes anymore. It's just called like music. And right. it's gone through so many iterations that I don't know. And I've gone through at least three, four MacBooks between that time. I don't know if I lost it somehow or what happened. But I distinctly remember having specifically Fallen Man and seeing that in my iTunes, listening to this song. And that then when Bird and the B-Sides came out... Being like, oh, I know this song, but like I know the other version which I prefer. Mm. So that's funny because, like, yeah, like I'm sure if you could even figure out your specific Apple login you had for iTunes when you bought that single, that it, what, two things. It, one, it probably wouldn't even be available there anymore, right? Just because you bought it and it gets removed from the store. Some digital stores allow you to keep downloading a thing that disappeared from the store side, but it will forever appear in your purchases. But I don't think iTunes does that anymore, I, or the what remains of iTunes today. If something disappears from the store, I think it also can disappear from your purchases. I think people have talked about how that happens. But that I bet if you could even log in, and it did still appear in your purchases... Back then, iTunes had that awful copyright protection stuff where you couldn't transfer the file between other machines other than your registered machines, remember? Yes. Early iTunes, like, you had to register, you had, like, what was it, maybe four or five at most, maybe three. I don't even think it was that many. Three, two or three computers you could register to play your iTunes purchases. They got rid of that finally one day. I remember a college friend called us after college, and it was like... Danny, because I guess they were like, Danny's pretty technical. Danny knew, like, you know, Danny knew how to, like, download music illegally. So he might know this. Danny, I have this iTunes track that won't play on the computer that we brought it to for this thing that we're doing. How do I break this? I'm like, I don't think you can just break that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, and I don't know if maybe it just disappeared from my library because I am. <laughs> For all of my iTunes and Apple purchases, I still use the same email address that I used back then, which I definitely don't use anymore. I created it when I was like 15 or 16. So I definitely don't, you, you know, give that out publicly as my email address anymore. I use the one I've been using since college, which again, I have these very old email addresses. But anyway, it was either that or I did previously before that account or during that same time i also had my email address that was linked to my high school email so it's possible it got purchased under that and it's not even that i lost that email the 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 ability to access that email address after i left high school because i don't think i did it's because two years after i graduated i went to a small private school and it went under so it just is gone like everything i bought under that account is gone because that email no longer exists well, so let's reset what we were explaining. This song originally, which of whatever was recorded first, we definitely don't know that. We didn't find that information. But this song is first released on iTunes as a B-side in an electric rock version. It then turns up on a CD um, on Bird and the B-sides as the acoustic version, which kind of where it kind of lives now as the main version that everybody knows. So... Reliant K, come on, get out there, re-release the rock version. Uh, spoiler warning, I like the rock version more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I already said that. 100%. Right. And so I'm looking, and the CD singles of Must Have Done Something Right that have the silhouettes of the band all in different colors 
don't have b-sides there's a couple different pressings of that physical cd single most of them are just the one song because they're promotional cds not sold in stores but i guess like mailed to radio stations or whatever the australian version of the cd single which has the same cover has a bunch of b-sides but it says it's the acoustic version of hope for every fallen man and a couple other songs i've already left the page a couple other songs that have already been you know on other things. Now, what I just found is a compilation for Capitol Records rock bands from 2007 called Chew It Up, a stride gum tie-in promotional Amazing. compilation. Amazing. There are two copies for sale on Discogs. This says Reliant K fallen man not hope for every fallen man and not hope for every fallen man acoustic or fallen man acoustic but fallen man so this may be one of the only cds that the rock version is sold on i'm buying one of the two copies right now <laughs> before nice. anyone hears nice. this <laughs> what, what the patreon.com slash shady hawkinspot i've never seen this before oh on, no oh no on Can we it's, get no it? it's okay okay the person who was selling it for the least your subtotal is 25 cents below the seller's minimum order requirement. Add more <laughs> items from their shop. Are you Whoa. kidding me? Whoa. Sell it for 25 cents more. <laughs> now we have to go buy something else? What else do they have listed? I'll just buy the one that's... Let me see how much this is. This is just $3 more and it's mint. So I'll just buy this one. It's like I'm buying it for... I'm buying it for $16 total with shipping. That's well, just like a whatever regular. lucky listener wants to buy that, now you know you have to buy something else from the other other store. So as far as I know, the Chew It Up compilation <laughs> by Capitol Records may will let you know in the future when it arrives if it has the rock version. I'll make a flack file so that the fandom... I mean, maybe this already exists. I forgot to check the Reliant K Discord to see if there's like a good quality version of the rock you, you can rock listen to this on youtube on youtube as well as there is a link on reddit via jimmy q e x so that's j-i-m-m-y q e x uh via google drive where you can oh, listen okay. to this song now i don't know if that's the best possible version of it i listened to it like over headphones good headphones and it was just you know Okay, but I don't know if that's because it was from the time, you know, so you're listening to like, what was that? 0607, you know, audio quality or whatever, you know. Right. Um, I've seen a couple, maybe it's the same one, but I've definitely found a Google Drive, a fan Google Drive of Rare Reliant K tracks. And there were some like discrepancies in it, like the vinyl countdown seven inch the original was just the tracks ripped off of bird and the b-sides and i'm like from this podcast we learned that the mixes on the vinyl countdown original 2003 vinyl release are different so like i would be cautious sometimes when you find those fan google drives of is, is it the best quality is it actually the right version right we have barely even touched on the song, but there is, it's just fun to talk about the fact that like this song was one thing when it was first released for fans and iTunes was relevant at the time. It was culturally relevant. So for a time, the Reliant K fandom knew this song and then that just got lost to the ages. It's just, it's, it's not lost media, but it's like the same principle as lost media where it was a thing that was just known. This is the version, the rock version. And then the, Burden the B-side version just completely supplants it canonically for fans. Like like 
like for the band. Like I'm still mad that Reliant K cut out the the line "You know what" from for the band. Like the little joke at the end of the song, where instead of saying for the band the last time, they say "You know what" because it's like we've already said it a hundred times. We're not going to say it again. Right. And it was like I guess they were embarrassed by that joke because they cut it out and they just made it for the band again. Whatever. I don't like that. Hey, hey, you know what? People don't like the Little Mermaid being cast as a non-redhead, non-white person. I don't like Reliant K going back and messing with their mixes and burying earlier versions of Yours songs. is a lot more valid. <laughs> mine is, mine, yeah. No, mine is actually valid. Yours is the actually one... valid. Yes, excuse me. Yours is actually valid. I'm so mad because... Oh boy. Now I gotta support the Little Mermaid remake. Like, I guess right. we'll just buy tickets and then not go no. see it. Oh. The last, the last Disney. Danny, we haven't seen a single one of these quote unquote live action versions. And I say quote unquote because they're more CGI than they are live action, except for Beauty and the Beast. Right. It's the only one of all of them we've seen. When Pinocchio came out, we're not watching that. I'm not watching Pinocchio. We're not watching that. (laughs) We watched the last 20 minutes of Dumbo. At a drive-in theater with no sound oh. on. Because <laughs> we're like, we're not watching Dumbo. Danny's like, we're don't worry, to- <laughs> Jessica. It's going to have a happy ending. And I was like, I don't remember it. It's <sighs> one of those movies where my mom said I used to watch it on repeat as a child. But like all of those like devastating childhood animated movies, I will not watch as an adult, but I loved as a kid. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just went through it too much. I just, I can't handle the emotional roller coaster of it. Well, I've ordered our copy of Chew It Up, the Capitol Records slash Stride Gum promotional CD. Oh, who else? Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Who else is on Chew It Up? Who else is on Chew It Up? Yellow Card. Ooh, a live version of Rough Landing Holly by Yellow Card. An acoustic version of Need to Love by The Starting Line. Brink of Disaster by May. Uh, Sleepers by Sayosin. Say This Sooner Acoustic by The Almost. I'm getting nervous with how many acoustic versions are on here. Meds by Placebo. (laughs) I Will Protect You by one of my favorite mainstream Christian bands of all time, Korn. (laughs) Amazing. Fantastic. I can't wait. (laughs) Fallen Man by Reliant K. Born to Run by KOS. Cancer by Sick Puppies. And Away by Dog... Yeah, that's, all of that is sad. The whole thing is sad. And then I haven't heard of any of these last bands. Daughters Again, of Mar- Mara. Stop making the sad dog movies. It's just too sad. Who likes those? Who's watching that? The Last Good Night, The Waiting Hurt, and Mims are the bands that close this compilation. Okay, so this is interesting. See, when when you first said it, I was expecting like a a predominantly Christian lineup, and that's not what we're well, getting. It's Capitol so, I, okay, okay, right on. I'm, I'm here for it. Capitol Records clearly was like the Christian, the Christian rock. It's playing the main stage at the Warp Tour. We got to get more of these kind of bands. The Christian stuff. It's crossing into the mainstream. Well, you said it was like Reliant K in May, right? And uh, yellow cards, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's just... Is the almost Christian? I don't think so. Oh, uh, okay. I well, think they're whatever. just pop punk. So over on... So uh, let's talk about the action. So let's, <laughs> yes. let's We're going to go into the lyrics. Yeah. Let's get into the lyrics. Over on Genius, I have the lyrics pulled up here. Um, because I don't think there's there's a, a lyric booklet that was included on Bird and the B-Sides. We wouldn't know because we still haven't found my copy of it. But We bought a copy 
We bought a copy. I bought a copy at um, Zia Records in Las Vegas. All right. Well, why don't you go grab that and see if there's a booklet in it? There, I'm there 99.9% sure there isn't. No, but. there isn't. There's no. I, we've come across this. There's no lyrics for the bird and the B-sides half. Of Isn't it great when you have a Only podcast with a husband and wife as host cuz they just do their little like their little husband and wife like little little tiffs on mic. Jessica, can I get another drink? Come on, you're the lady of the house. <laughs> wow. First one. And now I just want to state <laughs> I should have mentioned it before that this is my favorite Reliant K song about zombies spookiest of all the Reliant K songs. <laughs> oh, I get it. As you push it up through the soil, I will shake your filthy hand. You may be dead to me, but that don't mean we can't be friends. Oh, this is a perfect song for that whole, like, remember that meme when uh, COVID first hit and it's like, you got to wash your hands, hands for this long and you type in your favorite song and it'll show you a, uh, oh, right, it'll show right. you a graph of how long you have to sing your favorite song before you're done washing your hands. Well, we should do that meme for Fallen Man. I wonder if that meme generator is still even available. And now it's time to get over this as long as it's clear you understand that I will never trust a single thing you say again pre-chorus because the judge of you is someone i could never be is why you should thank the lord that it is him and it's not me don't give up chorus don't give up it's not the end there's hope for every fallen man to pick themselves up when they think they can't because with every passing second comes a second chance oh verse two you stole so much from me and there is nothing left to take save a heart Learn a lesson on how not to make the same mistake. And you may be delirious, but that is something that will fade. After you confess that this mess is all something that you made. Chorus. Don't give up. It's not the end. There's hope for every fallen man to pick themselves up when they can't because with every passing second comes a second chance. Don't give up. It's not the end. You'll get back on your feet again. Forgiveness can be given when you think it can't, because with every passing second comes a second chance. Bridge. Oh, oh. Take a good look at yourself and know you've got yourself a ways to go. But difficult is not impossible. You can take back all the lost control. Take a good look at yourself and see that you'll emerge eventually. As long as your heart's not too far gone from the only thing that can save you from yourself. Outro. Forgiveness can be given when you think it can't, because with every passing second comes a second chance. And I just want to go and read through the lyrics of Forgiven real quick. So just a refresher, or if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, Forgiven off of Five Score, verse one. Oh, yes, I know this tension that you speak of. We're in the palm of a hand making a fist. It'd be best for one of us to speak up, but we prefer to tend it does not exist. Pre-chorus. And you can't see past the blood in my hands that you've been aptly damned to fail and fail again. Chorus. Because we're all guilty of the same things. We think th- the thoughts, whether or not we see them through. And I know that I have been forgiven, and I just hope you can forgive me too. Verse 2. 
So don't you dare blame me for prying open the door that's unleashed the bitterness that's here in the midst of this. Sometimes we live for no one but ourselves, and what we've been striving for has turned into nothing more than bodies limp on the floor. Victims of falling short. We kiss goodbye, the cheek of our true love. And then it goes into the pre-chorus again, and then into the chorus. Because we're all guilty of the same things. We think the thoughts, whether or not we see them through. And I know that I have been forgiven, and I just hope you can forgive me too. You can forgive me too. They're two very similar themes. It feels almost like they're the same It's sort of song broken into two from two only slightly different perspectives. Right. So it feels pretty clear although you know if Tyson ever came out and said this was not the case that would be fine but, but he has me, not come right out and said it. he hasn't it seems pretty clear to me that forgiven and fallen man are probably about the same person it's probably at the very least about the same situation yeah or it stems from the same feelings that he was having around whatever situation inspired one or the other song. So to say like what they're about the same person, like the person who has the filthy hands plus the person who hurt him in forgiveness, if they are literally the same person, that's possible. If one of them is truer to the real story and the other is a shadow artistic, like interpretation of those feelings That's fine. But to me, it feels like it's the same situation. And what I end up thinking and just assuming is they record this as a rock song four, five score and seven years ago. And it doesn't make the cut. It ends up as a digital B-side on iTunes with Must Have Done Something Right. And is that because the songs lyrically kind of were too similar. I think and that's they exactly didn't make what sense it was. On the track list. I think that's exactly what it was. What's funny for me is that Fallen Man is a much more enjoyable the rock version is Same. a much more enjoyable Same. song. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Forgiven has that sort of dirge like feeling at the beginning. Jessica got so tired. I tweeted about it. Jessica got so tired this week of every time I went to do a post, she would have to hear that same stormy orchestral piano at the beginning of Forgiven. And she's like, I'm so tired of this. Someone tweeted at us. I'm sorry. I don't remember who it was right now, but I've had had so many notifications this week. I could never find it. Somebody tweeted, it's like, yeah, every time I hear those opening piano notes of Forgiven, I think I hate this song, and I have to get past that barrier into the more rocking yeah, section. Yeah, So Fallen Man, the rock song, is a much more fun version. Probably it made sense that they sat down, they said, these two songs are too similar. It doesn't make sense to put them both on the album. Which one are we keeping? You'd think they'd keep the the technically more fun song, but they're like, we have lots of fun songs. We kind of need a slower, a little bit more, you know, methodical song. Also, this one will play on Christian radio. Forgiveness will play on Christian radio. We're going with forgiveness. Another question is, was that a band decision? Oh, it could have or been a label decision. was that a label decision? It because we know, well. based on interviews at the time, that the label had a lot more to say about this album mm-hmm. than other albums. Right. 
they had a lot more of a hand in this one. Right, like, must have done something right, got pushed more specifically where they may be. I think, was that one of the things we've, we learned? That must have done something right, got pushed kind of more by the label than necessarily they would have picked on their own. And they we, wanted a more poppy album. Right. So, that's how it seems to me. It seems to me that this is the same situation. Now, uh, the same situation, the same narrative, the same inspiration is shared by both these songs. What's funny is that the idea of Reliant K having one specific inspiration and then having more than one song clearly inspired by that inspiration became an entire album called Forget Not Slow Down. I mean, it's been done before and it has been done again by them since. (laughs) Right. It's all been done before. But in this case, they were like, well, we can't have... Well, we don't feel like it's appropriate to have two songs inspired by the same real life break, you know, friend breakup or whatever. We just did this on a different song and I don't remember what it was (laughs) where I was like, this is just too similar to whatever the other song was. And that's why this one was cut. Oh my gosh. What, 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 uh, not Snake Charmer. (laughs) Maybe it was Snake Charmer. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what it was. It's not. Um, I'll look at our recent songs while you think of other things to say. (laughs) You know... I don't know if if we talked about this in the the therapy episode, but getting in the car to drive just to drive is not the therapy. The songwriting is the therapy. And I think we see that time and time again where we have these like songs on the exact same theme. And it's like this is literally Tyson's therapy is sitting there and writing it all out in these song forms and working through it that way. And I think definitely the fact that whatever, you know, because, and this is just us guessing that this song and forgiven are about the same incident because it really feels like it. Mm -hmm. That's definitely like him sitting down and being like, I'm I'm really struggling with this one and I'm trying to work through it. And this is him working through that. It's going to take me more than one song to (laughs) figure this out. Right. Was it Terminals that had a, a twin song? Yes, Terminals. That was it. And it was completely lyric-wise, songwriting, not at all music withstanding, especially based on how we know that album was written, where he's alone in the cabin writing the stuff out, definitely just sitting there doing his therapy of getting it down on paper, which is a great tool for therapy. It's something that my own therapist has, has had me do, because she's like, oh, you write. Like, you're also a writer, so put it out there. Just put it down on paper at the end of every day. Just kind of sit and use that as decompressing. And it's definitely a really helpful tactic that I would definitely encourage other people to do, is just to sit and write down, especially when you have, you know, a a situation that you're going through, where you just kind of sit and write it all down and unload it all without pretense or judgment or thinking you're going to make it into a song. Just sit there and get it all out on paper. Right. Don't move. There's a fly. There's a fly. No, you moved. Now it's on you. There's a fly buzzing around us. It's our new engineer. (laughs) Yeah, engineer April is hiding from the flies. So the fly is taking your job now, April. That's why she's so afraid of flies. The fly landed on the microphone right when you ended what you were saying. So other things about the lyrics of Fallen Man. Right. So... This is like a twin song with Forgiven. 
and they ended up going with Forgiven. Uh, I want to deep dive more into the lyrics because okay, there was more I wanted to say here. You know what I didn't do was I didn't sort of A, B the lyrics between the acoustic version and the rock version. Because there could be verses that are doubled or removed or choruses that are done. That happened with Up and Up. When we did Up and Up, halfway through the episode, I realized, wait, there's a whole verse in the acoustic version, I think, that isn't in the rock version. So there could be differences between the lyrics in the rock version of Fallen Man and the acoustic version, Hope for Every Fallen Man. I'm just doing a secondary deep dive real quick. I don't think that anything else will come up just because of that, except for song meanings. Song meanings is the only sort of website that, you know, because when you Google things, you know, it happens all the time where when I do my deep dives, anything that has like anything similar, and I can't even think of what some Mm. of the songs are now, but I'll get things for both songs and that sort of thing. Not baby, but other ones. This happened with Marilyn Manson, Ate My Girlfriend. Because the song on the self-titled is called My Girlfriend. Song Meanings has a listing for the song that everyone knows, My Girlfriend, from the self-titled. But there's barely any comments on that one. Right. Because everyone ended up going to the All Work and No Play version, where the full title of the song is Marilyn Manson Ate My Girlfriend. So all these tweens and teens my age at the time, from the time, went to the demo listing, commenting on it as if it was the self-titled version. So yeah, that kind of happens all the time. Well, it happens with song meetings, but Google doesn't differentiate. So I'm not going to get anything different, probably, aside from song meetings, because as I was saying, it happens all the time when I'm searching for really common titles or where a word pops up in other things where it, it does come up with other Reliant K songs with information about them. So one thing lyrically, how this song compares to Forgiven, and maybe this is what gave Forgiven an edge on being picked for five score and seven years ago, is that the the takedowns of the friend that hurt Tyson are a lot more spicy in Fallen Man. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, the lines that are addressed to the friend that hurt him in Forgiven are, are like, you know, strong. No, those are the spicy ones. But I feel like they're... Other spi- way around. I feel like they're spicier in, in Fallen Man. There's nothing here except no one's... I'm not going to be the one to judge you God is. You may be dead to me, but that doesn't mean we can't be friends. That is not as bad that as being like, you are so set to spicy. fail and fail again. That's way spicier. That is true. That is spicy. That's but- way spicier. Enough people use the term like, you're dead to me. You see it all the time. You see it in media. It's common being like, oh, you're dead to me. Like, that's really common. What's not really common and really heard of is being like, you were going to fail and fail again. That's way more piercing of the heart. Now it's time to get over this as long as it's clear. When you say to someone, 
as long as it's clear when you're setting up a situation and you're like, okay, we can, we'll do this as long as it's clear. Like that's spicy. Like in real life, that's a spicy thing to say. Like you are not effing around. You're not effing and jeffing. I guess so. (laughs) It's time to get over this as long as it's clear you understand that I will never trust a single thing you say again. That's so like, you know what? We're still friends, but F you. (laughs) There's a certain level. I mean, both songs are, okay, we'll get over this. We're friends, but F you. Like, that's really both songs. I know, I know. But somehow Fallen Man specifically, maybe it's also the music. Somehow like the 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 spiciness of the lyrics directed at the person in Fallen Man felt extra spicy because it's a f- more fun song, whereas Forgiven is a little bit more morose. I said it last week, it's less of a pop song. Therefore, when he s- sets the line, it feels more appropriate to the music. And then, like, you know, obviously, it's a song about forgiveness because the judge is going to be God. Like, he's not going to judge, even though he clearly is on the edge of wanting to say, I'm like, I want to judge you. Like, I'm so hurt and I'm so beyond the pale of what's happened between us that I want to just lash out. And I'm I'm holding it back and I'm barely holding it back when I'm saying your hand is filthy and you're buried underground and you're dead to me. And uh, we'll still be friends as long as you understand. (coughs) Ooh. I'll never trust you again. Like, despite all that. This is body slumped on the floor or whatever, though. <laughs> so then the obvious, the hope, the Reliant K hope at the kernel of this is the hope for every fallen man. It's actually in the lyrics. And like, this feels like a much more hopeful song, aptly titled. It has that, it does have that lift, that sort of shuffly lift. It's like going up. I don't think forgive. It does. <laughs> Both for- musically and lyrically, this just feels like a lighter song. Forgiven on paper may have like an upward thing <laughs> musically, but it doesn't feel like it does. <laughs> like I'm not left with that feeling. But da 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 it goes up. Like I yeah. feel like I can just feel fallen man going up as the man has fallen. The music is lifting us up metaphorically as the lyrics are also reminding me that we're always forgiven no matter what happens uh let's see don't give up it's not the end there's hope for every fallen man to pick themselves up when they can't think because with every passing second comes a second chance something about this just feels like it speaks to a wider audience over a specific singular scenario Mm -hmm. like i feel like for given is just very direct and it feels like the narrator is very much speaking to whom they're speaking to and if you're able to take something away from that that's amazing but i don't feel like i was able to take anything away from that whereas in this one i'm definitely like oh i feel like this this speaks to a broader audience this particular song obviously reliant k and or the label felt differently and they felt that the other song could speak to more people but just i personally feel like this song speaks more to me and feeling more hopeful Mm -hmm. and like what i come to reliant k for feeling happy feeling silly feeling i mean this song isn't silly but you know feeling that hope i definitely feel that more with this song 
The only thing it leaves me with is a feeling that the words can't and chance don't rhyme. <laughs> uh, on the acoustic version, I, we've gone so long without, without our break, but... So, I like the rock version. We still still have other stuff to cover, but I'll just say, like, I definitely just enjoy the rock version more than the acoustic version. The acoustic version is interesting in that, like, a little over halfway through the song, there's this sort of Beach Boys or chorus-like little harmony with, like, three of the guys, maybe four of them, just kind of, like, all together. That didn't, that doesn't, like, jibe with me. It doesn't sound great. And then the when the acoustic version ends, it literally just sounds like it ended. Like, it sounds like when the acoustic version ends, I feel like they were just pausing before the next chorus or verse. But I'm like, oh no, the song's over. But I don't get that sense from the rock version. These aren't, these are minor problems. It's just part of the reason why I like the rock version better. But these are just little things that I don't like totally jibe with the acoustic version on. Gotcha. Well, with that, we will go ahead and take our break and we'll be right back after these messages. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Emily, Charity, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash... Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. Our sweet little engineer decided to join us for the uh, second half of the show. Hi, April. You're doing a half day today. (laughs) Second half. Understandable. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need it. Did you take a mental health day? Because there's a fly about. She <laughs> yes. flies so oh, much. Oh, she's sitting pretty. Hello. Oh. Are you sitting up? Sitting I, up like a little person. I saw the anxiety about flies in her in her eyes <laughs> the other day. She was. I was eating. I was sitting in a chair eating food, and she was just sitting there staring at me, going like wanting my food. And then suddenly, like holding still, not moving, her eyes looked up. Like, she didn't tilt her head up. Her eyes just kind of went side to side, up and over. 
like she heard and saw the fly and then she slunk down and turned around like I didn't even see the fly but then she like slunked and turned around like we were having a good time <laughs> you were begging for food and I wasn't supplying it poor thing she just she, she, she gets food for me all the time like well not that she just does not like the flies I don't know if there's any dog whispers out there uh, help us out <laughs> so over on reddit on r slash reliant k Alfonso28, four years ago, posted original Hope for Every Fallen Man. Hi, I'm new here. Been an RK fan for as long as I can remember. Saw them at the Nintendo Fusion Tour. Appetite for Construction. Honestly, so many others. Just wondering if there is a way to find the original Hope for Every Fallen Man. It is labeled as acoustic, but I've never heard or seen a different one. Uh, Soft-Eyed Rock, four years ago, replied. It was titled Fallen Man and was released with must have done something right bonus version. Okay, and that was the green cover that I had. Um, I can't seem to find it for sale on iTunes anymore or on any streaming service. However, there is a YouTube link to what you're looking for, and they have the link to that uh, lyric video that we'll cover in Danny's section. Uh, you know, the Nintendo Fusion Tour, it, it was arcade when uh, that band showed up. That video game tour was arcade by that band that played arcade it was arcade oh i get it arcade, arcade. like arcade. as if arcade is arcade apostrophe D. it was relying cade right but it was arcade uh jimmy Q- because arcade <laughs> sounds like arcade which is a place where video games are jimmy q as i mentioned before has a link over there from four years ago to the google drive and then semicolon seven six four five four years ago said there's an acoustic version on burn the b-sides and then they responded to themselves and said oh i mixed up what you were looking for the other place i've seen it was paid with must have done something right from five score huh uh then Nick Cappy four years ago said, I'm pretty sure it was part of a scavenger hunt they did online before one of their albums. Zach Pledger said, PM me. Uh, Obi-Wan3301 said, I didn't know this existed. Shame on me. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to tweet, the Nintendo Fusion Tour was arcade. And then I'm going to post it as a as a survey. And it says, this joke is funny or What? And we'll see. We'll make you guys out there oh, I don't, for the day before you, this episode how, is edited. How are you spelling arcade though? R K apostrophe E D. When you have to, when you're turning something know, into a verb, I know, but I don't know if if when you say arcade, they have to say it out loud. They can't just read it. They're not going to get arcade. Like, pew, 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 video game arcade <laughs> from you just typing capital R, capital K, apostrophe D. Okay. I don't think they'll get it. And you can't say... Then I won't say funny. I'll say the Nintendo Fusion Tour was arcade. And I'll say this joke makes sense or what? I would maybe spell out arcade, but then instead of a... Uh, instead of Okay. A C, okay, let's get some notes from the studio. I would put... <laughs> I would put lowercase a, capital R, uh, cade, but then 
put the K oh instead God. of a C. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, people just have to see arcade, RK apostrophe well, now we'll really know how many people listen to this episode or not. Although people will vote before they see, listen, even can hear this episode. That's why I need <sighs> an unsoiled sample. <laughs> The survey sample has to be unspoiled by this episode. You should just put a thing as Jessica Wright or as Danny Wright with no other context and just post it right now and okay. see what happens. Okay. okay. We'll get back to you next I, week. I saved I saved the arcade, the Nintendo Fusion. Tweet it tomorrow without without reference before this episode goes. So she up. waits, can I tweet the can I tweet the arcade joke <laughs> survey for the day before? the episode comes out and see how it comes out. And then after the episode comes out, I'll tweet who was right, Danny or Jessica. Yes. Song meetings ask for, I wasn't listening to you. Song meetings ask for your personal consent now on my data. No, I don't want you to have my data. Manage options. Oh, I'm not going to be able to see any of it. Confirm all. Okay. I just, I don't know. Hopefully I didn't say anything. Alrighty. I'm making it a one day. (laughs) So, you know, spoiler warning. It's Tuesday night. We're recording the episode. This will come out Wednesday night. I'm making this a uh, 36-hour <laughs> poll, so there'll be a little bit of an overnight after the episode comes out, a couple hours overnight. Can you change your answer or no? You cannot change your answer okay. from your own Twitter account. And no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, from their account, if they vote, no, they can't once you change vote, their... it's okay, locked in. Okay, cool. And if you have multiple Twi- uh, Twitter accounts, it Instagram knows. or one of those allows you to like change your answer after oh, the fact. I don't remember who it is, but some site lets you change your app answer. It's YouTube. Never mind. That doesn't even <laughs> qualify here. YouTube, you can change your answer after <laughs> the fact. Facebook, you can also me. change your answer. Um. So over on song meanings, we have two pages. Uh, We have Hope for Every Fallen Man Acoustic, which only has four comments. And then we have Fallen Man, which has 12. So Fallen Man, on November 30th, 2006, Spitterman said, Someone else posted the lyrics and song meanings posted both of areas. Both both of Aries. Is there a Y of... (laughs) What? Is there a why way one of us can... Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel when it comes to me reading. Jesus, take the phone. <laughs> Someone else posted the lyrics and song meanings posted both of Eris. Is there a way one of us can delete what we posted? I don't know what that any of that means. Okay, I guess there's two. two Someone was using the fallen man <laughs> forum discussion for their song meaning support post. Exactly. Uh, I understand when that happens on Twitter, where like you know, I don't know, some app tweets like we're having a great time at this convention, and then it's just like twenty replies of like I can't get into my account, no one will answer. Uh, R.K. Elay on December 9th, 2006 said, My view, Maddie's talking about a person with a secular life. Maybe did mm, something no. to the singer, question mark. No. You took so much from me, there's nothing left to take. And the person is doubting that he can be forgiven. But he's saying that he can't judge him, but God is the only one who can judge him. Wonderful song. I actually found it better 
then the single must have done something right. Great going T-Sun, spelt capital T, capital S, lowercase U-N. Congrats. Love it. I mean, other than the secular bit, it was like, yes, you got it. It's about, like, forgiving a person and only God can judge. But, like, I don't know where the secular life bit came in. Yeah, that's just an us versus them Christian point of view. It's not. But, well, no, it's just the, the other person could also be Christian and he's just giving them a little reminder. Like, right. I don't, I don't really, like. No, I'm saying the I song meanings person. The other person's religion comes into No, I don't it think so either. And that's why I'm saying I think the song meanings person at the time was just like the us versus them culture war of Christianity of like, oh, clearly it's someone who doesn't believe what he believes because that's the most important thing to me. Therefore, that must be the most important thing to Tyson in this moment with whatever friend heard him. Uh, Swim Andy 013 on December 16th, 2006 said, yeah, I agree. The other person did something to Maddie T and he's really upset with them, but he realizes he can't judge them for what they did, even if it was something they did to him. The first two verses are kind of interesting. I'm almost getting a vibe. It's about a relationship and the other person did something horrible to him and he's ready to get over it. And even though the other person is horrible, he'll still be friends. He'll, he will just never trust that person again. I also think that this is better than must have done something right. Can't believe this isn't even on the CD. That's crazy. And faking my own suicide is. I thought it wasn't good at all. Fair. Fair. Fair assessment. Swim Andy is ahead of the curve. He's like, look, I know that this song is going to be problematic in a few years, not by the mid 2000s standards, because nothing's problematic by the mid 2000s standards. But falling underscore sideways 918 on February 20th, 2007 said, I agree with the concept of someone doing something awful to Matt that he can't forgive them. Also that Matt believes even if he can't forgive them, this person can still receive forgiveness from God. The lyrics of this song is absolutely amazing. I can't believe it didn't make the CD. Matt is one talented man. I mean, I'm agreeing with these so far where it's like, this is a great song and totally should have made it. Uh, let me see if there's any, (laughs) uh, Swanee on March 6th, 2007 said, this song reminds me of my ex-friend. I despise her, yet I love her and hope she can someday change. Uh, I'm just kind of, go ahead, Dan. I'm just kind of scrolling through the rest to see if we have any, uh, variations up here before I click into the hope for every fallen man acoustic. Well, so just like forget not slow down how this... (laughs) Oh, what? Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Jessica hit on something. <laughs> I think it's. I've. Oh, I. I. Uh. Oh. Is this a problem? No, Are there slurs? I've, uh, not that I've read so far, but I. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm seeing every emotion on Jessica's face. Um. I just, I can't tell if it's in jest or serious. A part of it Oh, it's be, like me. Maybe it was written by me. Can't tell if it's it, in jest. Part of it is sincere. I, I think it's all sincere. Oh, okay. I get it. I, okay. <laughs> wow. That was a roller coaster. It and really was. that is why I don't watch animated movies or heartwarming movies. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Dan, before I get to this? I was just going to say... How like forget not slow down. I kind I barely touched on this, but I will now specifically say it. Like forget not slow down is about one about something we know for sure. What relationship 
breakdown inspired those songs but you can take those songs and make them about any uh, regretful or mournful situation in your life that's what this song does that's what this song does just like forget not slow down it's like no matter what situation you might have with a person who did you wrong and you're trying to remember grace and you're trying to express as much you're trying to uh fall back understand relinquish to god as much grace as you feel capable of doing no matter how angry you are no matter what situation it is no matter what personal relationship if it's a romantic or friendship or a family or a parent or someone who's not even around someone who might have traumatized you uh you know religiously or uh emotionally or and you can't even like go back and get an apology from them like you can get that feeling from this song even though it is clearly inspired by one specific incident in Matt Thiessen's life that's what he leaves open. It's the same way I feel he takes Christian concepts like Be My Escape, but leaves it open to be interpreted in a non-religious context. I think in this case, it is a religious thing, undeniably, but it's where you can put your personal pain and trauma into this song, no matter what it is, even if it's completely opposite of what Matt was writing from. Yeah, and I think that's actually what this next commenter is doing. And I was actually reacting. I reacted to the latter half of this comment before uh, the first bit. So Freakin' Pro on September 24th, 2008 commented, this song is totally about a heroin addict. I used to think it was just a friend that screwed him over until I had a friend who became addicted to heroin. It matches everything so perfectly. You stole so much from me and there is nothing, nothing left to take. Heroin addicts steal anything from their friends or family to pawn off and get a fix. And take a good look at yourself and know you've got yourself a ways to go. But it's difficult. But difficult is not impossible. You can take back all the lost control. Totally matches that. My friend who is addicted to heroin has no self-control. He's not the same person anymore. He doesn't look the same. He was a huge pimp and every girl wanted him. Now he totally could pass as a zombie. I don't know. I could be way off about the song. But either way, it fits perfectly. Hmm. And that's kind of what you were saying, where you were like, you put in, you know, you can, and that's what I love about all art is that you can apply these songs to any part of your life and it's not wrong whatever you apply them to so yes you can take yeah okay secular secular folks you can listen to be my escape and be like this is all about a girl and it doesn't have to be at all about god and you are right and fun loving christian youth group kids you can be like hey this song is about god And that's what I'm taking away from this. And you are absolutely right. And every song can be looked at that way. Mm -hmm. Whatever you put into it, whatever you take out of it is, is right. There's no wrong answers. And that's really something we should talk about more when we come to song meetings. And something that I do try to keep an open mind on is because I'm like, you know, I've taken certain things from songs. And I think that anything that you can take away from art that gets you through the day, that gets you through a situation... That's that's all that matters. Like whatever it really means, it doesn't matter. We've talked about it before. Death of the author. 
Like, whatever gets you through a difficult time is what matters, and that is valid. I should have mentioned this, like, months and months ago, but Jimmy Eat Pod had... <laughs> well, this is, this is tying into that. Okay. Jimmy Eat Pod had a guest on. I don't know what episode. I could try to search for it in a second. But they had an episode, and then Justin, without David, interviewed this... Or maybe it was two, across two episodes. They found a YouTube channel from a church called the World of Life Church. And this pastor gives a series called Finding God on Your iPod. Very timely, since the iPod is so popular. <laughs> I'm just being catty. Um, and... They found this thing, and it's basically like he takes songs, and I'm saying it this way on purpose. He's taking songs that are not part of the Christian market and finding biblical concepts in them, where the where the author of the song may or may not have actually been thinking about biblical ideas. Um, so it was Love Never by Jimmy Eat World. He found that song. He did a whole sermon based off of the Jimmy Eat World song, love never and he's taken other songs by artists not from the christian market so then a couple episodes later they interviewed that pastor on jimmy eat pod and i got a question in uh but my questions aren't fully relevant to this conversation it's that um at one point justin asked this pastor something about secular music and the pastor was like oh i'm really cautious i don't use the word secular because it's not really re- it's not really relevant. And I don't remember his exact point, but it's like that's the way we look at art. And unfortunately, that's this like it's become this it's become this basically this like pop culture way of like taking what is like supposed to be this thing that's bigger than us, our faith, but then putting it in these buckets in the world. Like putting it like, "Hey, this is secular." And that's Christian. And that's why I was very specific to say, like, songs that aren't in the Christian market. Because, like, how can you say what songs are or aren't spiritual? And what songs are or aren't based off of, like, Christian ideas and faith? When, like, that's not, like, the thing. Like, you sing, you write a song and you can understand it to be the about the situation where you had a friend who was hooked on heroin. And that same song can over here be someone like boosting their belief in Christ and grace and faith. It's the same song. And you can find that exact same thing in all kinds of music. Like this song might boost someone's faith, even though it's not part of the Christian market. Like d- d- throwing away these lines of Christian and secular. Like the way it is in our world today, what makes something Christian is really marketing. And it's BS. <laughs> it's BS. Like, the lines we draw between music of when it's secular and when it's Christian, it really comes down to marketing. Is that album for sale in the Christian bookstore? I mean, that's not even a thing anymore because Lifeway and all those things are stores are gone. Sorry, am I rambling? <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No, I was just going to say that I, I agree because before I met you... I didn't know the words secular and non-secular. Danny explained that concept to me. I didn't know. And I was, you know, I was a good Christian girl. I went to church every Sunday. I went to youth group. I wore a 
white gold cross necklace paired with my gaudy gold-plated Star Wars logo necklace. You know, yeah. like I I didn't know that it got deeper. I didn't know that there was a like a different culture around religion outside of what I was a part of. And it's a pop culture. Right. Which is the really silly side of it. And I love the movie Saved. But even that, I don't feel like dives as deep into it as it gets. Like Saved was the most extreme example I sort of had in my understanding arsenal. Right. Like, if if you feel like... uh, music outside of the christian market hurts your spirit if you think it like drags down your faith like okay then that's your prerogative but like there can be when also when you draw those lines between like oh well that person over there hasn't openly expressed that they're born again or that I don't know that that person that artist over there is born again. Well, how do you know they're not born again? Have you looked at like interviews? Have you like researched that person? Have you like you know a lot about that person? Or do you just assume they're not born again and they're not Christian because their music isn't sold in this particular marketplace on these particular labels? And so that's like the lie. Oh, man, I've been thinking about this stuff so much more. Recently, and I don't even want to get into it because we're already at an hour and a half. <laughs> but that's just like, and like, this is a Christian song. So when I take Be My Escape, when I did our Be My Escape episode, which it's about his faith. The 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 ep- the podcast that Tyson was just on with the Less Than Jake guy. He's like, it was so funny because he like he did that kind of like slightly couching it in like, you know, not wanting to scare off people to say, oh, yeah, this is based on my Christian faith. He kind of like couched it in that thing that we we like that YouTube interview we watched where it's like, well, if Jesus is who he says he was and we're like, what does that mean? And he kind of couched the Less Than Jake interview. He was kind of like, oh, you know, that's kind of based on, you know, my Christian, my faith side of things or whatever. He kind of like couched mm-hmm. it kind of coyly mentioned it's about my religion so be my escape is about his religion but when i would use when i would hear be my escape i would think like this can be about anything but it was based on his faith i, I accept that now i understand that now when we did the episode i was like this could be about anything and i still think it can be about anything it's the it's the listener's interpretation but i understand that he based it off of that he based it off his faith Forgiveness. Clearly, it's about grace. It's about f- belief in Christ. It's about salvation. It's about understanding that your sins are forgiven. But, like, if you can't accept that a song this, like, pious is also has the ability to speak to people who don't have that faith, then, like, you're cutting off the ability to, like speak to people through art and through music of the values that you have, right? Like you sh- this this should be a thing that's always good and allowed. Like that's why I kind of push the Christian the clearly Christian songs to openly interpret in a less Christian way. It's like let's take these things that are 
inspired by Christian ideas and see how they fit into the world. Because if they don't fit into the world, if the Christian values and ideas don't fit into the world by extension through Reliant K's music, then the Christian values and ideas aren't worth anything if they can't fit into the world. <laughs> Does this make any sense? I know a bunch of people listening to us just said no, but I'm asking <laughs> Jessica. I'm not asking you, the listener. I, I'm sorry, babe. I just kind of zoned out a little bit there because I was thinking back about the last comment and just about, like, listen, Gen Zers listening, you really don't want it to be the mid-2000s again. <laughs> You really don't, because here's Stop a prime with all the new example. Metal. Here's a prime example. Everyone was either a pimp or a bitch. Homophobia <laughs> and ableism ran rampant. <laughs> that was what was considered humor of the time. You just, you don't want to bring it back. The jingos aren't as fun as you think they are. The whale tails, again, not as cute as you think. It's, it's, we should just let it go. Guys, we should just let it be. You want to wear a Von Dutch trucker hat? That's cool. I got no problem with that. That's fun. We can bring that back. But anything else is just like, I don't know. Maybe leave it in the past. Wasn't wasn't the best time. Well, you know what is? I just touched on it, but you know what is coming back from that time? And they're, and the, the Gen Zers are New doing metal? it better? New metal. Gen Zers are taking new metal, like the awfulness of new metal, and they're only taking kind of the good aspects. So a lot of the new generation of new metal bands are doing it better. Gotcha. Well, AMC on August 2nd, 2008 said, I think the song means that if you're living a bad life as a sinner and don't think you can ever be saved, don't give up. That God will always forgive you if you ask him. And if that's what ANC8 four six nine wants to take out of this song more power to them oh so in love on november 29th 2008 said you've got to be a good person to write this song wow someone you really don't like and could never forgive yet you tell them you've got a chance and they'll be okay i wish i could be this good and then an asterisk tries I don't actually read it that way. I don't think Danny read it that way either. Whereas we're like, this is another diss track. It's another sort of, you know, well, God will forgive you. <laughs> but like, it's uh, a we struggle. can still be friends, but it's a struggle. It's like a, you know what well, I no, mean? I mean it, like, it's not a diss track. I feel like it's a struggle track. It's basically, sure. I think that this song, along with Forgiven, lies on the line of like, I am trying so hard not to make this a diss track. Right. Yeah. I am so hurt. This is a whole other kind of thing. This is like not a diss track, nor is it a full forgiveness but track. But you thought it's this a track struggle was harder. I do think it's like, harder. You think it went harder. But as a I person. still think it is based off of the idea of it's not a diss track. It's I'm trying so hard not to make this a diss track, which isn't a genre. It's not a genre, and I don't think a lot of artists would necessarily write a song that pragmatic about the matter to say, hey, look, I am hurt, and I'm pissed off at you, and I'm going to like fully express in this song that I am, I'm going to forgive you, but it's a struggle to do that. Because <laughs> so many other songs would be like, I don't forgive you, or I just do forgive you. Like, how many other songs are that middle ground leaning towards the good side of I will forgive you? 
Well, over uh, on Hope for Every Fallen Man acoustic, that version of song meanings, Dumby on December 2nd, 2008 said this song. And it's interesting because we have song meanings from 2008 on the other version of the song and on this version Um, said, I think the song is about God. And no matter how far you may be, there is always a way to bring yourself back to him because he always loves you. Bones Barones on August 1st, 2009 said, Okay, so my girlfriend just broke up with me about a month ago now. I've always listened to a lot of Reliant K, but I'll jump from album to album depending on what's going on at the time. While I was with her, I listened to some of mm Mm-hmm and a lot of Five Score. After the breakup, I started listening to Birds and the B-Sides a lot. I realize how much this entire album, especially this song, can hit on more than one level. For example, this song can be interpreted as the two comments above me mentioned pertaining Which to God, we'll never know pertaining to God's love and how there's always hope for salvation, which is what the two comments above say. Uh, they're about how this song is about God specifically pertaining to God's love and how there's always hope for salvation. But this song, as well as nearly every other line K song can also relate to relationships specifically from the guy's perspective, obviously. For example, with Hope for Every Fallen Man, I feel that the song was actually written about a breakup. It seems to me that this song is a guy talking about his ex for the first time, and somehow at the same time, someone encouraging that guy to get up and move on, to push through it. That's how I take it. But I like both meanings. That's one ingredient for a great song, in my opinion, that they can mean something different to each person, something specific to their situation. Kudos, Reliant K, on yet another great one. Exactly, Bones Marones. And it's funny Bones because Owens. Bones, exactly. Is that Bones, Bones Owens before he became friends with Matt Teeson? Perhaps. Bones Marones takes, and, and as we, we had said that we feel like this is the same song slash sister song, as forgiven from last week, and as Danny mentioned last week, he's like, what if this is about Catherine Hudson? And <laughs> it's interesting that this particular commenter took that same sort of thing where he felt that it was about a breakup because he was going through a breakup. And again, that's bringing what you're going through to it. But that's another interesting perspective that I personally hadn't seen. I had seen more of a, a, you know, an altercation with a friend or like that sort of an issue. I hadn't really seen a breakup, but I haven't been through a breakup in 15 (laughs) years. So... You know, it's a little bit more difficult for me to look at it from that particular perspective. But I love it. It's great. And absolutely, you you take what you what you get from it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead since we're a little pressed for time. I mean, not really. We can make this as long or as short as we want. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump forward to the fact that this is number eight on Geeks Under Grace's 16 Reliant K songs you've never heard of which excludes Snake Charmer and my cape got stuck in a phone booth. So just take this list as you will. Number one was Deathbed. They said, 
From the bird and the b-sides comes the acoustic version of Hope for Every Fallen Man, which was only previously able to be heard on the downloaded version of the album Five Score and Seven Years Ago. Hope for Every Fallen Man is a song about that one person who screws you over and how it is a good thing God forgives them because you were unsure you could ever get over what they had done. It is a heavy song and is perfect to listen to when someone has made you feel like complete garbage. How do you feel about this song? Because I'm always making you feel like complete garbage. (laughs) It's a husband's job. It says so in the Bible. (laughs) I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Uh, There's a couple other articles here. I'm just going to skip over because I'm like, I feel like we might have touched on them before. Possibly, possibly not. But next up, I am going to go over to a new song meaning uh, website popped up over on Zelda Universe. That's right. It's a message board oh. for the video game Zelda series. Uh says song meanings question mark. And Who's your favorite Zelda? Link. <laughs> I've never played any of the games, but I know that's a character. <laughs> that's the main one. Uh Goron Girl commented. Let's see, do they do we have dates here? Uh, on November 11th, 2008, said, oh, no, there's a very dirty ad at the bottom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's right. Let's just I, scroll back up again. I see that exact Oof. same. Hold on. Oh, uh, what kind of dirty nonsense are you looking well, at, Well, you sir? let me finish my sentence. I see that exact same dirty manga ad on the YouTube ripper that I use to promote <laughs> this podcast on social media. <laughs> s.com or something like that i don't know don't promote them they're not paying us (laughs) okay i'll bleep it but there's one there's one youtube ripper that like none of them are trustworthy they're all loaded with like spyware but this one's easier to navigate around the spyware april April, is like she's poking around the trash it's probably like dropped i don't know pasta or something around there i keep a very clean kitchen thank you what are you getting into young lady Oh, she's coming over. She's wagging. Uh, Goron Girl said, I'm sure that all of you have wondered what the heck a song lyrics mean. And well, I'm curious about a lot of different songs. So here are the lyrics to Fallen Man by Reliant K. Danny's giving April a treat. Uh, What do you guys think of them? Feel free to stick your own lyrics up too. Music can have this... (laughs) so many different meanings did you eat that all already was- are you talking about the the dog treats or the song meanings no, i meant the song i meant relying k is all right but i gave april some duck treats and they were like gone by the time i looked uh so here's the lyrics these are treats these are like chunks oh and then it's just the lyrics and nobody like responded to them i feel bad Aww. This is the original poster. Nobody responded. Well, head on over to song meanings, Goron Girl. I, I'm sorry. You can't create a song meanings login anymore. I've tried. Oh, access denied. I'm not authorized to view this page. I tried to click on their their um, their little icon to see if they asked yeah. any other questions, but I, I cannot direct them to the song meanings, I'm afraid. Uh, so there's a couple of just like fun images that I found uh, via Pinterest and Tumblr that popped up. One's like looks like a lined notebook that, that has been written in, except it's all digital. And the other one's just kind of like a pretty scenic view with some lyrics on it. So Danny, what do you have for us this week? I am so glad you asked. And in fact, <laughs> April is really excited because she just tried to jump up <laughs> in my lap. Yeah, for duck treats. 
Yeah, she's like, that is delicious. Let's see. So there are no live performances that I could find. I didn't check Setlist FM, but I'm assuming that... Not that this is always the case, but I'm assuming if there's not even a single YouTube video of the song live, that that means Reliant K has never played it. Plus, Setlist FM is a fallible database. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing on Setlist that they've ever played this before, so I don't think that they played it live, or if they have, it has never been recorded on Setlist FM or on YouTube. So we pretty much just got to jump straight into covers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, well, there is a badly compressed chipmunk, you know, version. Sure, sure, Which is sure. like proto-Nightcore before the phrase Nightcore came around. It's not a good one. You, if you go to, if you really got to hear it, go to YouTube, type in Fallen Man Chipmunk. You'll find it. It sounds tinny. It's badly compressed. It shows that there actually is some consideration you got to do when you're going to do a Nightcore version. You can't do it too fast. You got to make sure you're using an audio program that's not going to overly compress or blow out or overly process the track. So there's that. So we'll jump straight into covers. And this is friend of the pod, Adam Goff. This is definitely one of the Woo! best covers of the set of what I found. So this is Adam Goff from two years ago. Only 60 views. That is not fair. This is Adam, so I'm giving it a like right now. I'm just giving him his eighth like. Everyone go give Adam... Sorry, I'm looking at comments. Everyone go give Adam Goff some likes and some views on his cover of Hope for Every Fallen Man. Here's that cover. Through the soil I'll shake your filthy hands You may be dead to me but that don't mean we can't be friends Now it's time to get over this long as it's clear you understand And I will never trust a single thing you say again Oh, because the judge of you is someone I could never be Is why you should thank the Lord that he needs him And it's not me Don't give up, it's not the end There's hope for every fallen man To pick themselves up when they think they can't because with every passing second comes a second chance. Whoa, you stole so much. Lovely. That's amazing. And I meant to mention this when we were talking about the song, but by watching Adam's cover earlier, I was like, oh, these chords look very simple. Mm. And these and Adam's chords look correct. There's a few other cor uh, covers where the chords are very questionable, but this one looks like this song seems to be very simple to play. You know, whether or not, you know, Reliant K in the studio might add a lot more uh, production bells and whistles. 
on either of the two versions, this seems like a pretty simple song to cover. I actually wanted to look up the bass tabs for this and then realize that because the most popular and most known version on the internet is the acoustic cover, I uh, was unable to find any. That's true. Any bass tab writers out there, let us know. <laughs> uh, so here is another acoustic cover, and this is by Rexy, R-E-X-I-E, on YouTube. And this is fun because she's Scottish or Irish, but then she sings in like an American accent, like you do when yeah. you listen to the song and you kind of know well, it but as also, the American that's, accent. That's like how most, like, that's how most UK folks sing. Right. Is Americanized. Not the Beatles. The it's Beatles. Like you've never listened to the Spice Girls. <laughs> Not the, don't the, the Spice Girls don't have English accents in their singing voices? When they talk. They're like, oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I'll <laughs> tell you talk. what I want. Yeah, but when they sing, too. Have you listened to When Two Become One? Yeah, they're like, oi, put on the condom, <laughs> put on the condom. Damn it, Danny. <laughs> so there's a line in Two Become this One. This is not supposed to be a gross ASMR. What are you doing? <laughs> there's a line. dump this out. So Baby Spice in Two Become One by Spice Girl, she's like... She's like, what did she say? Something, something, be safe, put it on, put it on. And I'm like, she's talking about putting on a condom. And Jessica had no idea for her whole life. And one time we were listening to the song. I was a child when the Spice Girls came out. They represent pureness to me, except that when they performed the song naked, they did turn the, the chairs around and put on like body suits so that it looked like they were naked. But they were just pretending, so it was okay. Well, here is Rexy. With the cover of, uh, oh, it says Sing Along with Steph, Hope for Every Fallen Man. So I guess Rexy's name might also be Steph, or this might be uploaded by Rexy. I don't know which is which, but. Oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Empire Records. Oh, I was like, what? We don't know this Rex person. Rex Manning. Oh, okay. Oh, I was not speaking to the user. I cannot see. I yes. don't know their That's age. Apologies. No, 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 no. I was Empire Records. So here's Records. the cover. This is Hope for Every Fallen Man by Reliant K. <clears throat> Push it up through the soil, I will shake your filthy hand You may be dead to me, but that don't mean we can't be friends Now it's time to get over this as long as it's clear you understand So here's my question. You know how when British and Irish actor actresses do an American voice. They go deeper. Mm-hmm. She's singing deeper. Is that because she's trying to put on some of the American affectations of the lyrics? Or is she just a naturally lower singer? We'll never know. Right in, Rexy, if you can hear us. Sorry, I was distracted by her Avenger shirt. 
we've got the Hulk bursting out over there. And I was like, oh. wait, this was uploaded 10 years ago. Yeah, well, the Avengers existed since the 60s. Well, yes, Daniel Leary, but... <laughs> these are the, these are comic book Avengers. Yes, Danny. So she's just cool. She was into the Avengers before the movies. Okay. Or right as the movies were coming out. Except... I have a ton of stuff that came out around the time of the first Avengers movie before and after that was because they were gaining in popularity and therefore the comic book characters, the comic book versions were becoming popular and put on stuff that you could buy at, say, Target. Right. So that's the case here because this is 2012 and that's the release of the first Avengers movie. Well, well, then why did you just make me sound like a jerk, Danny? <laughs> like I, I, don't, I hadn't I, looked at the year on the video yet. I literally said 10 years ago. Uh, I don't do math that good. So here's more of... Rest. You're an accountant! Again, I don't count up years. <laughs> that's not true. Accountants may have to count up years sometimes, but that's not a matter of accounting normally. My point was that I... My point was that I had to look up what year the first Avengers movie came out, which was 2012. I could have told you that. Which means that, yes, that's probably why she has a shirt that is inspired from the comics. I get it. I get it. Jessica thinks girls can't be into comic books unless it's because of the movies. That's how Jessica feels about Play the fucking song. For every fallen man to pick themselves up when they think they can't. Because with every passing second comes a second chance. Oh, oh, oh. Take a good look at yourself and all. You've got yourself a ways to go. I love it. I love hearing an English. I like it. I think it's wonderful. European accent. Like, you got yourself a way to go. It's lovely. Don't listen to him, Rexy. What do you have for us next? Well, she might also be Steph. Maybe she's Steph Rexy. So here is Park Crest Church with a full-on worship set cover. Like, Oh, cool. It's Sunday service after this Hotels.com ad. Let's go. This is, uh, as I said, Park Crest Church doing from 2013. One of these days, you will just upgrade to premium like the rest of us on YouTube. Is this Bob A? Is Bob A the lead singer here? No? <laughs> this is not Bobby Moon. Oh, all right. And Bobby Moon doesn't have a cover of Fallen Man. No, this is Joshua. This is Joshua sing- Joshua Pardon singing Fallen Man by Reliant K on March 17th, 2013 at Park Crest Church. And this is a church. This is one of those classic modern American churches with the big projection screen on the wall with the uh, PowerPoint lyrics go in and the drum is behind some plexiglass and yep.
second chance, take a good look at yourself and know you got yourself a ways to go. Joshua's dressed like our classic concept of a Burbank dad. A little, not completely. A Burbank dad to us is is someone who wears like board shorts and like a cool guy shirt, like a... He except that he's wearing like any suburban dude outfit. I think those are a and long khaki. Universal horror monsters and just a striped shirt, short sleeve. Well, I'd look up where Park Crest Church is, but I assume there's seven hundred of them across the country. So there's a bunch of other acoustic covers, and there's a couple of songs I found that are original songs. With the same name, that classical chestnut. Not quite as bad as Be My Escape, but Hope for Every Fallen Man. I mean, maybe there's a lyrical reference, maybe there's like a literary reference somewhere that Reliant K had, had, you know, taken. Like, The Last, The Lost, The Least. John Warren said that was from a book. That's He didn't come up with that phrasing, although he restructured it into Last, Lost, Least. There's a reference there. Hope for every fallen man, like, I guess that could be said somewhere before Reliant K said it, but I don't think there's any other song called Hope for Every Fallen Man before Reliant K. So these, like, two of them are, two of them are girls in, like, open mic, coincidentally, one of them is a girl in an open mic situation where she's like, here's my original called Hope for Every Fallen Man. And then the other one is another girl on a webcam saying, here's my original. It's called Hope for Every Fallen Man. I will say, however, you can't copyright song titles. Did you know that? You can't copyright song titles. I didn't, but it made sense. Like, it's the same with, like, movie titles. You have, like, a bazillion of the same sort of Well, you title. can, co- yeah, you can copyright movie titles, but I think there are lines where, like, this title is too generic, so you couldn't copyright it. Like, if you're, if it's the Avengers, Marvel's the Avengers, you get to copyright that. But if it's, like, There are different know, Avengers. There was Showtime. that British Avengers show. Right. Well, that was two different markets, and they conflicted, and they had separate copyright registrations yeah, in their countries wasn't there like an uma thurman movie yes, at some yeah, point? yeah. For, yeah there was and they worked that out in america but back in england marvel's the avengers had to be called marvel's the avengers because the british secret agent show called the avengers had the full main copyright well that's just disney being greedy but if you like have a title that's just a dictionary word i don't think you can like fully trademark that but you can't copyright song titles so if you want to write a song called drive my car or strawberry fields you technically are allowed to do that nice you can't go and like use the trademark strawberry fields for whatever you want because that's probably trademarked somewhere else in the oeuvre of the beatles so if you want to write a song called hope for every fallen man that's what you can do i'll pr- i'll promote their names so that People know who they are. Four Bricks Thick. You can go check out Four Bricks Thick with their original song called Hope for Every Fallen Man. And Molly Divine. Molly spelled with an I and not a Y. So then we'll just look at a couple of uh, videos. So let me see. We're getting we're running long, so let's what what's the best thing here we got? Okay, we got a ha- we got an uh, It's the best thing that could be happening. We got hey we got a Halo AMV. We got <laughs> a 
Veronica Mars AMV, which Veronica Mars is my favorite anime. We got <laughs> we got Bleach. We got Final Fantasy. There's a ton of you know edited together. Wait, what do you mean we have Bleach? Bleach like, is an anime. It's a oh okay. It's a, it's a ninja anime. Oh okay. I thought you meant like the Christian band. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, I wonder if there's any AMVs of songs by Bleach set to the anime Bleach. I'm gonna have to look that up later. Well, there's a... By all means, get back to us with them. And I marked in which cases these fan videos were edited together with the acoustic version or the or the rock version. There's a rock version set to clips of The Lion King, which again, nothing for Sahara. No AMVs of The Lion King to Sahara, but there's one for the rock version of Fallen Man. Then uh, there's something I definitely want to end on. I won't name what that is yet. <laughs> But okay. you got to check this out. This is amazing. This looks like basically somebody's like a After Effects project for school. Let me see if there's a description here. There's no description here. So is this set to the acoustic or the rock version? This is set to the acoustic version. This is by Timothy Nicholson. And this is the most creative sort of like conceptually well-constructed fan video maybe I've ever seen. It's all kind of done in After Effects, but with like green screen live action stuff. Basically, all I can describe it is, like, After Effects live-action animation. Like, he's filmed himself, and then he's flattened himself into a 2D plane. So it's a man in a... uh, He looks like he's in a ska band. (laughs) Untucked shirt. Or a green uh, day during the American Idiot times. (laughs) Loose, skinny black tie, black pants. He reaches out his hand to the sort of zombie hand coming out of the earth. In, uh... Uh, by a grave. Oh, close up on the mouth. And the backgrounds around them are all cartoony and in color, and he is in black and white, and the hand that reached up out of a grave is in black and white, and he's acting out the lyrics in a literal fashion, as we see all the time. But it's just like, it's it's not quite Sin City, it's not quite like a live-action comic book, but that is something they were kind of going with with their ability to use whatever program put this together after he's effects trying to or blender claw, or something, I don't know. claw through the grave. Through the, he's trying to dig his friend yeah. out of the grave, which is an interesting interpretation. Like, to actually go and yeah. dig your friend out of the grave, that's not canonically in the song. Oh, but that's now a he's idea. opening up his shirt and we're going to... Oh, it's getting very lynchy. And now and someone's getting operated well, on Well, he opened up his void. shirt and we went through the hole where his heart should be and cut to... Oh, they're in a starry field. Oh, now they're on a green screen. And the lyrics are at the bottom and they're occasionally lip-syncing. This is a very interesting... It is. ...conceptually sound video. It looks... A little, you know, is it doesn't, this one guy eleven or years ago? Do just he and the friend look a lot alike? I think they just look a lot alike. Okay, especially because they're two brunette white guys in black and white, so it, it definitely he's throwing that. something that looks like poo to the side. <laughs> oh, it's the dirt. I get it now. Took me a minute. Some of the matting is a little janky. He's, uh, it's great though. He's still digging to to get the rest of the friend out. What in the Akira Kurosawa is this background, Danny? <laughs> They're just looking at nice green hills what, in the background. What in the dreams is this? <laughs> so here is, before we get to the thing we're going to end on, I think we're just going to do two more things. There's a slideshow of a group of friends. I don't 
I always save those, but that's they're always my too group creepy. of friends. Yeah. They're always too creepy to play. We played some early in the podcast. I'm like, I'm done watching videos of like, here's my friends. I care about them. I'm like, okay, I don't want to make fun of your friends. There's a, uh, another FMV. But you make fun of my friends all the time. <laughs> I'm... I was going to say I'm your only friend, but that's not true. You're my only friend. You have other friends. I don't have other friends. And here's another conceptually, like, very specifically constructed video this one is uploaded by ronnie ziomek and this is a sepia tone like a black very and stuttery, yellow very uh, stuttery low def dv camera yeah but kind of purposefully like lowered the frame rate and moving quickly to sort of cover and this things. is called fallen hope and there's two girls oh, yeah. giggling on a on a picnic table that's not the title well, maybe that's the title of their video that just so happens to use. It's, art, it's song. very artistic it and interesting artistic. with whatever like sort of cheaper camera they might have used. I they, love they whatever this amazing like creepy desolate field and woods <laughs> are. I like. I'm sort of starting to feel like maybe instead of being in the middle of a city, we should live near some creepy desolate woods. <laughs> that would be fun, but also a little true crimey, and I'm not into that. But so here's. An FMV set to the rock version. This is from 13 years ago. It has 14 views oh, and it is cursed this is as all yep, get out. This is a cursed video. It's a young girl, but the 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 bit rate this of this video. This is the last video. time we saw any of these people alive. This is <laughs> and a nightmare. Look at the name of the YouTube user. The YouTube username is cursed. Oh my gosh. We've found we have found, no. in three years no. on this podcast, I have found many cursed no. fan videos because, like, the definition is low. If you watch this at midnight, you spooky. die. But in this case, it's like a 26 kilobyte video. It is up, and I've never seen the username be cursed as well. This is uploaded by, I hope this isn't a phone number. This is uploaded by 986 2890036. That's the username on YouTube. Uh, this video is simply called Fallen Man, and it is a girl, and the bitrate is so low that you can't tell if she's seven or 17. All kinds of cursed. <laughs> and I didn't realize they put lyrics on top of the video as well but it's so low res that it's just like creepy to see right i saw to see this i couldn't tell I, what I, I was i couldn't tell what i was looking at i thought it was written in a different language i didn't <laughs> think that was english it's that compressed i'm not kidding when i say this girl could be seven or 17 Thank she could be seven Lord. or 27 okay. it's so confusing you watch this video and you're like oh yeah that's a little kid i'm like no that's a woman and you're like no it's a little kid no it's it's so strange. She kind of looks like, um, just to give you a reference, what's her name? From Garfunkel and Oates. The one who was in um, Kate Micucci. She looks like the actress Kate Micucci. But again, you can't tell if it's a child or a teen or an adult. And she's just going around the house, just goofing off, being silly, making faces at the camera, running around, while lyrics in a very, very creepy low-res way. Like, you see this person... How many years ago is this from? 13. From 13 years ago. 
So this person that you can't the even... The cursed number, too! Yeah. <laughs> it's always been there for 13 years. And then you're looking at this video that's incredibly cursed, and then just the words, dead to me, because those are the lyrics, <laughs> appear across her face. Because <laughs> some are larger than others, yeah. It's, Interesting. It's too much. It's okay. really weird. I mean, I'm looking forward to sharing that <laughs> on the social media. So we'll end on this. This is amazing. I don't even want to say what it is. I'm just going to show you. All right, let's go. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? But it, like they taped it off their TV and it's really low res it's and a it's Divix all red. Rip. It's a Divix rip, which is just about like the most esoteric video coding early 2000s thing ever. What are you talking ever. about? We used to use Divix all the time. <laughs> When did we use Divix? At school? Maybe. I don't know. I definitely remember Divix files. Divix was an early... Like, but now you have... What is it called? Like, H.256 or whatever it is. That's, like, the most common... I don't really know a lot of video conversions, but there's MKVs and there's MP4s. Divix used to be a very common video conversion for pirating videos. Oh, I thought it was just, like, official. a thing like VLC. Maybe it was also a program. That's for what I remember. Videos. That's what I remember it as was like a program. It was a program for playing videos, but it also they had their own encoding, and there was a physical version of Divix, which may or may not have even been the same company, like an actual Divix disc. That when you open it, it would deteriorate twenty four hours later. Do you remember that? That's this is real right. esoteric media stuff. Well, yes, because they tried to do rental discs like that for right. a while and realized it wasn't worth it, where it like went bad or something after two days. Well, that was the idea of like a rental that you don't have to return. Right. Because it will just yes. fall apart. So for some reason, this is a <laughs> FMV tribute to... Why? What? The one man is eating the other man's armpit. He's like nibbling on his underarm. I don't know. I'd love to know, but we don't get to hear the act. You know, whose line is it anyway? Classic improvisational <laughs> comedy show. Pretty much necessary <laughs> to hear what they're saying. Right. But instead it's Someone's an FMV pretending to be an airplane, together. I think, now. Of all of the shipping videos and tributes <laughs> to CW shows and cable shows and video games and anime, I just never expected to find a tribute to Whose Line Is It Anyway called Whose Line Is It Anyway Fallen Man, uploaded by Deffy Luffers SX2. No comments. Uh, there is a description. Two, 430 views after 14 years and one uplike. Don't give up. It's not the end. There's hope for every fallen man. Whose line lives on for me, says this YouTube user. That's that's it. Song, Fallen Man by Reliant K. Clips from Whose Lines in Anyway. Made by me, Kaylee, on October 17th, 2007. <laughs> so they wow. made this... In 2007, and then they uploaded right. it a year later in 2008. Colin Featherly, what were their names? Do you remember Whose Lines It Anyway? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to be one of those things I would watch in, like, syndication when I, like, couldn't sleep or got up ridiculously early. Colin, Colin, McCosh, I don't remember this guy's name, Colin McCosh something? Ryan Stiles. 
Wayne Brady. I remember when I went to see Five Iron Frenzy's original last performance, 2003, at the Fillmore in Denver. Wayne Brady was there? Well, no, but on the wall was like, next week, Wayne Brady. So just, nice. I just I just never forgot that. Where, when, he still when, has his own but, show, the Wayne Brady show. So that's oh, no, one. I'm sure that's... like Jessica no, that's that, been that, off the air for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, he definitely doesn't. I remember I watched about four minutes of the Wayne Brady spinoff show. So I was a fan of Whose Line because I was a fan of it. We had like a talk show. What? He had like a talk show. Oh, okay. Brady well, show. Yeah. No, but he also had... Or was it called something else? I don't know. I have to <laughs> click Wayne Brady's IMDb now. He was on uh, How I Met Your Mother as a guest. Yeah, he was like one of the breakout stars from the show. He was like the funny guy. But then he had like a spinoff from Who's Line that was like another like stagey sketch show that was just so much less funny than Who's Line. You forgot Drew Carey. The, the host of Whose Line is it? Right, well, Drew Carey was the host. So this is what I was saying was, I used to watch Whose Line in the early 90s when the the BBC version, hosted by Clive Anderson, used to air on Comedy Central. This version. The oh original The original BBC version of Whose Lines is Anyway used to re-air on Comedy Central. And the thing is, a lot of the same guys, Colin and Ryan Stiles... And Greg Proops, even like American comedians, they, they were they were on the BBC version. Oh wow! But and they then, were all on the Drew Carey show, which was a big that's deal what back was, in the nineties. That's what was funny was Ryan Stiles was on the BBC original "Whose Line Is It Anyway" improvisational comedy show, and then when Ryan Ryan Stiles turned up on the Drew Carey show in the first season of Drew Carey show, I'm like. There, I'm I'm old. I was like, there's the guy from Whose Line, and then a couple years later, they bring Whose Line to ABC and have Drew Carey host it. So I assumed, and this is probably not the case exactly, but I assumed Ryan Stiles got on the Drew Carey show, and he's like, he's like, you know, I used to be on a BBC show. We should buy it. You should host it, because <laughs> what's the what's the lineage there? Ryan Stiles was originally on the BBC. He went to England to be a comedian in England, an American comedian in England. And he comes, I don't know. That's fascinating. It's bizarre. I didn't know any of this. It's almost as bizarre as the fact that somebody edited together a fan music video of Who's Line Clips to Reliant K music. <laughs> yeah, they used to play reruns of it. Like at some point when maybe when I was in high school or something and it was like on, but like in the middle of the night or whatever. Right. So it's like if I couldn't sleep, sometimes I put it on, it was on. Or when I woke up really early because I used to wake up really early in the morning, it was on. Yeah. My only Drew Carey story is that when I was a little kid in like 1996, my family went because we've talked about it before. Las Vegas was making a big push to be like, we're family friendly. We're all about family. Bring your family. So we went to Las Vegas. And I remember it was the same year Vegas Vacation came out because we saw my mom let me go see Vegas Vacation. We, 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 she and I went together to see it because she was like, this is where we're going. And she thought it would be fun for me to see ahead of time. And like, but my parents were very strict about, like, what I could watch. So it was, like, shocking that she let me go see a vacation movie, especially in the theater. Anyway, we saw the woman who plays Mimi in the bathroom of, I don't know, one of the hotels. 
and uh, like one of the public restrooms. And my mom was was and dad were very excited about that. And I didn't know who they were talking about. I had no idea because I was a kid. I was just like, I don't know who that is. So the original British Who's line started in 1988 and ended in 1998, right when the American version picked up. And according to IMDb, this is how it went. I just lost it. Here it is. Okay. In the mid-90s, the series filmed occasional episodes in the United States. The popularity of these outings led to an American version of the series that launched in 1998, hosted by Drew Carey. The final season of the British program was in fact filmed on the set of the American version. By that time, aside from the host, the majority of the performers were North American, with occasion with only occasional British performers guest starring, whereas initially it had been very much the other way around. And yeah, that's what I remember. So the later seasons, it must have been, it ran for 10 years. The later seasons, they started booking American comedians for whatever reason, started filming it in America, huh. and then the last season shared the same set with the American Drew Carey version. It's so interesting because it used to, I so used to watch. they were just like, oh, we'll just take it on the road. Right. I used to watch a lot of Comedy Central pre-South Park because people talk about how Comedy Central's identity pretty much changed with South Park. I used to watch so much Comedy Central pre-South Park. It was mostly Saturday Night Live reruns, Who's the original Who's Line. It, the biggest show originally was Mystery Science Theater 3000. Anyway... Because I was a latchkey kid, I'd come home and turn on Comedy Central. I made sure to note that because it was quite unusual. <laughs> it's a Simpsons reference. So, with that, thank you all for listening. Apologies because <laughs> I put my I put my night card in. We took a short break, and I brushed my teeth and put my night card in. Apologies. I'm slurring a little now. We took an invisible break. <laughs> we took an invisible break. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Danny, do you like this song more, the less, or same than before? I like the As acoustic before. version Excuse the same, me. and I like the rock version even more, because I'd only heard the rock version a couple times here and there, back when it like originally turned up on file sharing sites. I don't think I mentioned this, but I had downloaded a file sharing version at one point, but I didn't like care about it that much. It eventually got deleted. I like the rock version even more than I did back in the day, and I took my retainer out. I, uh, I like the acoustic version a little less, mm. I think, just because I love the rock version so much. And I had totally, this was one of those things that I forgot about, where it was like, this was definitely a song that I had and listened to a bunch when it was new in the days of pre-five score and five score and I just had totally forgotten about it. I'd totally forgotten that it that it had sat there on my computer and iPod and was something that I listened to all the time. And so I was like hit with all those memories again when I listened to it uh, this week. So I definitely was really vibing with it. Agreed. Well, there's hope for every fallen song when you pick that song up that you forgot about. And you shake its hand and you put it. <laughs> Someone in the hallway in our apartment just slammed their door. Uh, right. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Uh, love you guys. <laughs> Have a great week.